March is a crazy and busy month, but today is extremely important to step back and realize what day it really is. Today is Monday, March 21st, of course, but more importantly, it's World Down Syndrome Awareness Day. This day is pretty amazing, I gotta say, and it definitely should be celebrated every single day. The best part about today, and my favorite part, is that we get to use our platforms to advocate for this incredible community, and we get the opportunity to speak up for their rights and just help them out. They're pretty awesome. 21 chromosomes. Did you know that that was the number of chromosomes that are within your body? People living with Down syndrome just have an extra copy of that 21st chromosome. And sometimes living with that extra gene, or chromosome as we would call it of course, can sometimes cause physical and mental development delays or disabilities as well. So I want to talk a little bit more about this day, World Down Syndrome Awareness Day, but I want the pros to do it. So I'm going to play a video that talks a little bit about this day a little bit more in depth by Down Syndrome International on YouTube. Did you know that the 21st of March is World Down Syndrome Day? It was created to celebrate the life of people with Down Syndrome and to make sure that people with Down Syndrome have some freedoms and opportunities as everybody else. The 21st of March matches three copies of chromosome 21. This is unique to people with Down Syndrome. Down Syndrome International first launched the global website in 2006. In 2011, Down Syndrome International asked Brazil to propose that the 21st of March become part of the United Nations calendar. Now on the 21st each year, Down Syndrome International calls everyone to action with people theme to ensure the human rights of people with Down Syndrome. Well there you have it, the pros are describing it for you right there. Down Syndrome International is a great organization that ensures that they do their part to make sure that people living with Down Syndrome get their rights just like everyone else. Okay, are you ready for today's show? So, of course, we're going to continue the idea of Down Syndrome Awareness, and I'm going to have two guests joining me. So, first up, let's chat with Maria from Oceanic.Mama on Instagram and TikTok. She's going to chat about having a son living with Down Syndrome and how incredible it truly is. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. My name is Maria Maloney Day, and I'm a mother of two from St. John's, Newfoundland in Canada. And I have two little ones. My daughter is seven and my son is almost two. And my son was born with the beautiful gift of Down syndrome. Hey Maria, and thank you so much for joining me on today's show. And I think it's awesome, first of all, that you're Canadian because I'm also from Ontario. So it's so cool to have you on the podcast. And as I mentioned earlier, the big reason why Maria is joining me is to advocate for Down syndrome on World Down Syndrome Day. As Maria talked about in her intro, her son was born with the gift of Down Syndrome, and she wants to talk all things about it. Now, before we get too far into the episode, why don't you start off by explaining a little bit about your family, Maria, because I'm pretty sure there's more than just you and your son. So why don't you go a little bit more in depth about that? So myself and my husband have both grown up here in Newfoundland. Uh, my husband is a carpenter, so he currently works um, away on a turnaround shift. And pre-pandemic, I was running a business um, for new moms. It was a program where they could meet every week and get new information and connect. 
Uh, but since the pandemic, of course, and since having my son, things have been a little different. So as of right now, um, I'm just staying home with my kiddos. My husband's working away and um, we're just making the most of every day right now. So by the sounds of it, Maria, you've always been that helping hand and that advocate because as you mentioned, before the pandemic, you were running a business for moms where they get the opportunity to chat together and you put that together. So you've always wanted to help people clearly and that shows. In the pandemic, oh, it's thrown us for a loop. I think everyone's experienced so many different things from it, but I think the great thing for your family is you were able to stay home. I'm sure having extra time with your kids, you absolutely loved, and I'm sure they loved being home with mom as well. Okay, let's get into the real discussion now. So why don't we start off by you explaining where it all started for you in regards to pregnancy and the first steps of Down syndrome. What did that all look like for you and your family? So when I found out I was pregnant, um, we had a few little issues um, with the pregnancy. We had uh, a two-vessel cord opposed to a three-vessel cord, um, which isn't um, considered a marker for Down syndrome per se. It's just a little abnormality that they decide to keep a, a close call on, um, a close eye on, and they um, were monitoring me very closely from the beginning of my pregnancy. Um, and my little girl was actually born seven years ago with a congenital heart defect. Um, so because of that, when I was when I was pregnant on my son, they kept a really close eye on my pregnancy. And I can't imagine how difficult that was for you at the time, right? Because they're watching your first pregnancy to see heart issues in your daughter. And now your second one, they're watching you very closely again with lots of hospital visits. So I can't imagine at that time that must have not been easy. Not that you would love your son any less, of course. It's more so in the moment, the fear of the unknown, right? They're probably telling you that they're going to do all these tests and all these different things, and you have no idea what's even happening, right? And when you're pregnant, it makes it even harder. So it was definitely a challenging time for you, I'm sure. So anyways, as you mentioned, you said you were at the hospital a lot. You had lots of hospital visits. What did those days look like for you? Um, so I was having lots of testing done, lots of um, ultrasounds, lots of doctor's appointments. Um, and everything was going great and everything was normal and fine. I was feeling good. Um, and I started somewhere around the midway point. I, for some reason, I really started focusing on Down syndrome. Um, I have a Palmer crease, which is a singular line across your hand. Um, and my daughter's heart defect is an AVSD. And an AVSD is actually really common in children with Down syndrome. Of course, she doesn't have Down syndrome, but her particular heart defect is common in children with Down syndrome. And this Palmer crease that I have is also a trait for Down syndrome. Of course, I don't have Down syndrome either, but it always, when I looked it up, that's the first thing that came up. Well, Maria, I gotta give you credit because there's definitely a lot of parents that if they were in your shoes at the time being pregnant, it's so full of nerves because you're hearing so many different things. But you said, hey, I'm going to do my research and I'm going to look at even your body and say, potentially my daughter's heart defect and my Palmer crease could be a reason for Down syndrome in our son. So I think it's great that you put two and two together and figured it out. And of course, it's important to listen to the doctors, but at the end of the day, you're the mother, right? So you want to do your research, you want to do your part to make this easier for you as a mother. And you took this and obviously became an activist, and you're doing awesome. 
And obviously, there's a time in a pregnancy where you hit a certain amount of weeks where you can start to see more of something functioning on the ultrasound. Do you start to realize anything when you were at the hospital? Um, as I was going through my pregnancy and I was, you know, seeing my son on ultrasound and noticing that he was a bit smaller of a baby than my daughter had been. And both my husband and myself are, you know, tall, broad people. So I was just like a little shocked that I was having a small baby. So I started getting all these thoughts about Down syndrome and... As time progressed, you know, I kept asking my doctors, um, you know, do you see anything? Do you see any marks? I have this like, you know, I have these concerns about Down syndrome and they kept reassuring me like, oh no, everything's fine. Don't worry about that. And of course, it's probably making you upset because you're seeing so many things that could potentially lead to Down syndrome within your son. Like I said, your palmar crease is one, your daughter's heart defect, and it's all within your family. And as you're doing research on Google, these are all things that are showing signs. So you're trying to tell your doctor, are you sure like this doesn't make sense? And like any parent in this situation, don't be afraid to talk to your doctor. Maria knew deep down that something wasn't right and she wanted her doctor to know about it. And what was next, Maria? Because obviously it was a big step. Your doctors realized that you were nervous and so they wanted to do something to help you out. Um, I even managed to get them to send me to a um, genetics counselor so that he could kind of talk me through my chances and, um, you know, hopefully ease my mind on the topic. And so we met with him and he went through all of our family history and, <clears throat> you know, the polymer crease and my daughter's heart defect. And none of those things would have any relevance on whether or not my baby would have Down syndrome. And through that meeting with a genetic counselor, we, we concluded that I probably had a one in 1200 case of having a child with Down syndrome, uh, which is like, you know, the same as any mother or if not less likely. Um, so I went away from that meeting thinking I would feel like, oh, okay, you know, I guess I'll just put that to rest. But it really, it's still in my heart, something was telling me that there was something, you know, extra special about this baby. And so I was on the phone with my friend, and she's a nurse, and, and I said to her, I said, you know, I have to tell somebody this because if I don't, I feel like I'm going to regret it. So just, you know, bear with me, but I need to put this out there. And I said, I really feel like this baby has Down syndrome. And she said, Maria, you know, like you've had lots of doctor's appointments, lots of ultrasounds, lots of um, testing, you know, you've seen the genetic counselor, they've all ruled it out. So I really feel like, you know, you need to kind of put this to rest. And I said, I know, I knew you would feel that way. I know everybody feels that way, but I just had to put it out there that this is what I'm feeling in my gut. And at this point, when you're talking to your friends and family, you're bottling so much anxiety and fear and emotions, right? Because you've already had so many doctor's appointments and they're not telling you what you think they're going to tell you. Or I should say what your research is telling you because your research is telling you one thing and it's all making sense in your head, but they're telling you the complete opposite. And your friends and family, of course, knew all about this difficult journey that you were going through at the time with potentially having Down syndrome in your son. But that doesn't make it any easier because I'm sure as you're talking to them, they're saying, Maria, if the doctors are telling you otherwise, just trust them. They know what they're doing. They've been in this business for so long. But there's been so many situations where doctors have said one thing, right? They're like, this is what's going to happen at birth. This is what you're going to have to deal with. But then birth happens and it just completely changes. So time went on. And of course, we didn't do any, um, the NIPT test. We didn't do the amnio either because, you know, we were reassured so many times that the chances were so unlikely. And um, of course, the blood work wasn't going to come back 100% 
accurate. So I felt like it was just going to cause me more stress considering it wasn't going to change anything anyways. Um, we just decided, you know, less stress is better. So let's just leave it at the, at the other testing that we've done, like the genetic counselor, all the ultrasounds, um, going through our family history, all that kind of stuff. So I used to lay in bed and I would picture myself having this, having my son and everybody in the room, all the doctors, all the nurses, kind of looking around at each other, knowing once he was born that this baby had Down syndrome and thinking that I didn't know and kind of being on eggshells and, you know, this sense of worry over everybody in the room. And I would close my eyes and I would just picture my son being handed to me and I would say to him, it's okay. I already knew. I, like, don't worry about it, my boy. I already knew. And you knew how special Down syndrome was, and your love for your son was not going to change regardless. So as you're sitting there, you're probably thinking the doctors are going to be freaking out having to tell me this. Because most parents, it would catch them off guard, and they'd be like, oh my god, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? But you knew. You did your research, and you told the doctors this. So of course, the big day comes, and you're heading into labor, and you've had such a nerve-wracking and anxiety-filled pregnancy, but I'm almost glad that you were able to do all the research and learn about all these techniques you could take, because you obviously ended up giving birth to your son with Down syndrome. And that day looks different for every single parent, so what did the big birthday look like for you? Um, my water broke at 36 weeks, which um, is not what I expected, because my daughter was two weeks overdue. Uh, so when I had my son, I figured I was at least going to go full term or even beyond. Um, but my water broke at 36 weeks and we went in and because he was breech, I ended up needing an emergency C-section. Uh, so they did the C-section and that was all pretty routine and it happened really fast. And I saw the nurse, or it might have been a doctor, but I saw the lady carrying him around the curtain to bring him over to me. And when I saw him, he had this perfect round head, these little narrow shoulders, these tiny little ears, and just his little posture, I knew immediately in my heart, if I, which I had already known, but seeing him was just the, the verification that I needed, that my intuition was right, and it was the most perfect special moment um, that I could have ever asked for. It was all worth it and you did it. And at that moment, you're probably thinking, I had all these doctor's appointments and I had a difficult pregnancy, but it was all worth it. And your son, the love you had for him was even bigger in that moment, I'm sure. And because of all the research and everything you learned beforehand, all the knowledge, you didn't have any ounce of fear at birth. And I think that's so special. All you knew was that you were going to be a voice for him and he was going to have an incredible life. And being an activist and using your voice to spread good has always been up your alley, Maria, I'm sure. So what made you want to turn to social media and help your son out and give him the voice he deserves? So the second my son was handed to me, I knew that I was going to be a voice for him, that Down syndrome and Down syndrome awareness and acceptance and love and inclusion was going to be a huge part of who I was. Um, not only am I a Sagittarius with a big old mouth, but I've always been the type to want to lift people up and, you know, help people in any way that I could. So um, it was an easy transition for me to be to, you know, move into this role of advocacy. Um, and I just 
was so in love and so enamored right off the bat, I wanted to share him. Like my initial response wasn't necessarily to advocate, but to share. I just, I wanted everybody to see him and know him and feel what I felt. Um, and that really quickly transitioned into the advocacy work that I'm doing now. And it's working. It really is. You're doing a lot of hard work and it's paying off. Like I said, 5,000 followers and over on Instagram and over 8,000 followers on TikTok at Oceanic.Mama. So you're doing a really incredible job. And your work is certainly getting recognized. I'm going through your Instagram story and there's so many people tagging you and showing love to your family on National Down Syndrome Awareness Day. And we need people like you, Maria, because as I mentioned earlier on in the show, there's so many parents that find out that their kids have Down syndrome and they freak out. They don't know what to do. They don't think that they'll be able to do it. But having social media platforms like yours, Maria, that parents can turn to is really important. So I'm really glad that you're able to find Instagram and TikTok as a way to use your voice. So I've really found that um, social media has been a great um medium for me to find other moms who are in similar situations, um, see a real perspective on Down syndrome, um, get support, create a community, have someone to laugh with, cry with. Um, it's, it's really helped me in, um, you know, advocating and also having a support system. And, um, you know, I want that to be something that all moms look for when they're in my position. Um, and of course, you're going to have your, your people come in with their negative comments and they're, you know, trying their best to get a response out of you by saying the negative things. Um, but I find like when people say those negative things, I take the time to debunk what they're saying, give them actual facts. And then in that, um, you know, in that back and forth we're actually showing more information about Down syndrome and more ways to advocate and more ways to speak up for your child. So little do these trolls know they're actually helping further our, our message. And that's the thing about trolls and haters is they think they're causing so much damage. Like, yes, it can be extremely difficult to hear the things that they have to say. But like you said, it's just giving you an opportunity to do what you love, advocate and show these people the real facts. Social media is great for your sense, however, because like you said, you're meeting so many moms that are in similar situations as you and you guys can chat it up, you know, talk about techniques and things that you've gone through and help each other out in this journey. Well, I want to give a huge thank you to Maria for joining me as the first guest on today's National Down Syndrome Awareness Day themed episode. It was so awesome to hear your story and hear how much of a great activist you're becoming for Down Syndrome. Well, thank you, Chris, so much for having us and letting me speak out about um, a topic that means so much to me and a topic that I feel like needs to be discussed and normalized and um, put out there. I mean, people with differences... Um, and typical people, we are truly all more alike than different. And I really appreciate you giving me a platform to speak on that. Um, so if anybody's interested in following along on our little family, um, you can check us out on Instagram at oceanic.mama. That's O-C-E-A-N-I-C dot M-A-M-A on Instagram and also TikTok. Um, and yeah, if you guys have any questions, concerns, just want someone to chat with, I'm your girl. Take care. Bye.
Tell me that wasn't great. That was so good, wasn't it? Being able to hear all about Maria and her family's story. And we're not done. We've got one more guest to join me to chat about her family's story as well. So let's turn the next guest mic on. Here we go. Let's do this. Hello, I'm Lucy. I'm mother to Chester and I'm from Manchester, UK. Hi, Lucy, and thank you so much for joining me as well on today's podcast episode. First of all, you're from Manchester, UK. That is so cool. Me and Maria are both from Canada, we mentioned earlier on in the show, and you're all the way across the world in the UK. That's so cool. Okay, Lucy, so before we continue, I'm going to do the same thing I did with Maria. So what's your family lifestyle look like? Do you got a big family, a small family, or who's beside you and Chester? In our family, we have me. Daryl, who's the dad, Chester, who is one and a half, we have two dogs, one called Charlie and one called Cole, and then also a rabbit called Simba. So you do have a big family behind you, and I love that you have pets to begin with, because I absolutely love animals and so does my family, so I love that you've got some furry friends in your house as well. Okay, Lucy, let's start right from the beginning, okay? So what did things look like with Chester being first born and Down syndrome and everything along those lines? I found out Chester had Down syndrome once he was born. So when I started Googling it, there was quite a lot of outdated information and it felt all very negative and it wasn't very nice to read. So that's what made me want to start raising awareness about Down syndrome to show that it can be turned around and everything can be quite positive instead. That's the thing. I feel like when you turn to the internet, and I think Maria experienced a lot of similar things, it tends to be very negative on there and it can be difficult to find positive things, especially when it comes to Down syndrome. And staying positive can be really hard though, right? Because you're reading all these negative things, it's difficult. But like you said, being able to turn things around, it does make it easier at the end of the day. And by advocating for Down Syndrome, Lucy, you're not even just helping people in the UK, but with your platform growing, you're helping so many other people. So I'm so happy you chose to start your platform to help out Chester and help him have a voice. Now, obviously, there's so many different challenges that can come with Down Syndrome and things along those lines. Did you have any fears going into having Chester or did you feel completely fine? I would say it was more of the fear of the unknown as I didn't really know much about Down syndrome when he was born and I thought too much into the future about every little thing and there was quite a few challenges like he he was struggling to feed at first and he didn't really have a lot of milk so I, I never understood why but now I've come to the terms with that it was due to his low muscle tone and he couldn't grasp the feeding technique very well but since then he's been quite a lot better and i'm sure many parents do that they think way too far into the future will chester get bullied will chester have a challenge at school what type of things will be difficult for chester and that's totally normal to think ahead but again as the mother lucy i'm sure it's difficult you know when you brought him home for the first time you're thinking of all these different things and you're saying, I'm his mom, I'm responsible for all this, and I want to make sure he has a good life. And by the looks of it, Lucy, you've done an incredible job as a mom. So many people are noticing you on your platform, and you're ensuring that he's had a lot of fun during his life so far. Now, finding out your child has Down syndrome can definitely be a challenge at times for a lot of parents. Do you feel like you have any advice that you want to give, Lucy, to any new parents with children with Down syndrome? To any new parents that come to find out their child does have Down syndrome, 
Um, the only thing I would say is not to look too far into the future like I did because it's very worrying and stressful and it you can just take it day by day. That's all I do now. I just take everything day by day and it makes my life a lot easier. That is the best advice you can give Lucy. Take things day by day, just like anything, but especially with being a parent to someone with Down syndrome. Just take things slow and appreciate the small accomplishments. Now, Lucy, just like Maria, you have gained an amazing following on your platforms as well. A little extra Chester on Instagram, 10.8k and growing. Incredible. I'd like to thank you for letting me take part into this podcast. And if you'd like to follow me, you can find me on at a little extra Chester. Thank you. Keep doing your thing, Lucy. You're doing absolutely awesome. And yes, go give Lucy a follow and help her out. All of us in Canada, let's go cheer her on. Well, that's a wrap of a great episode of Chris Behind the Mic, Season 2, Episode 3, all about Down Syndrome Awareness on this annual Down Syndrome Awareness Day. And as you're listening right now, make sure you're wearing your funky socks. That's the main thing that you can do to help advocate for Down Syndrome. Wear some colorful socks, get your family and friends involved. And again, be sure to keep up with Maria and Lucy on social media. They post a lot of fun videos about both their kids' lives, and it gives you a little bit of a perspective into how they live. So be sure to check them out after you listen. And you can always remember I'm very active on both my social media pages, at Chris Behind the Mic on Instagram and Facebook. You can follow me on there and like my pages. I post a lot of updates on the podcast, so you can stay connected with me. Well, I'll see you next episode. I'm going to head out, okay? Peace out.